Welcome to the Mondo Neon Show. Argon, Neon, Helium, Xenon, Krypton. Transform and roll out. Mondo Neon Show. I'm with Joe Geis, uh, designer, uh, also New York artist. Thanks for um, jumping on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Oh. Um, so just kind of quickly getting up to speed here. I mean, you're, you've dabbled in a lot of different projects. Um, I speak to how I found about your work just through, uh, your collaborations with WeWork and this always runs different ways, but you know, you obviously were a long time artist before that moment. Um, and I also fell in love with your design work too. You got, um, some really cool mural projects, but, uh, maybe like where did it all kind of kick in for you i've kind of seen you dabble in in the new york area had you always kind of been in that uh territory over there or have you bounced around a little bit yeah so um i grew up in new jersey uh went to college in new jersey studied graphic design there um and really truthfully never wanted to end up in new york um i was never a huge fan of it growing up and uh got my first internship here and then you know i think this month is either nine or 10 years that I've been here. So here we are. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of been in, in this area, um, you know, with some traveling involved and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I studied graphic design. Um, I had started studying that with the hopes of kind of getting into the music industry. Um, I'm a musician. I've been playing drums since I was eight. So like, you know, mixing those two worlds was really important to me. Um, and I did that for a little while and, you know, for one reason or another kind of decided to pivot and then I got into some UI UX for a little bit and then pivoted again. And, um, you know, it's been quite the journey. And then the last four or five years, my focus has kind of been on, um, you know, more illustration, murals, painting, installation based kind of stuff, um, with a neon being, being a part of that as well. And also too, is like, even within your, like the interior art that, the graphic design does a lot too. Like what I've noticed is there's a really distinct style, like, especially when it comes to uh, maybe just take people through, like, how do you get the opportunities to kind of come and do this type of work? You know, it, it seems like a one hand you're kind of in the corporate space, you know, within sort of the WeWork environment and now you're transitioning and doing other things as well. Is it easy to kind of straddle that line? Cause a lot of artists talk about it. They're like, well, I've always wanted to do some commercial work, can you give people any advice on like how that's worked for you? Like ways that you've been able to work in those spaces? Yeah. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you know, coming to WeWork, I was very fresh in, you know, the sense of interiors and installations and stuff like that. I hadn't had much, if any experience with that. And, you know, the folks there really took a chance on me in the beginning when, you know, they were kind of building out the internal art team. Um, and I was really fortunate enough to kind of, use WeWork as a platform to try out new ideas and experiment and, you know, fail and succeed and all these different things. And through that kind of really develop my own style and develop strengths and, you know, kind of shied away from weaknesses and kind of uh, develop my practice, you know, through there. And I think, you know, one thing I always get asked is like, you know, I want to do a mural. How, how do I do, how do I go about doing a mural? And the, the hardest thing, is just getting that first one. You know, some people have to take a full-time job somewhere to do it. Some people have to do it for free and buy their own supplies. Some people have to go knock on the door of a bodega and 
try to track down the landlord and, you know, get permission to do that. Um, so, you know, if that's something you want to pursue, I think the most, whether it's murals or neons or installations or sculptures or whatever is like, you know, getting that first one done. And sometimes that means spending your own money or being super proactive or, you know, just getting up, getting out there and talking to people to kind of make it happen. Um, you know, once you have a few of those pieces and stuff under your belt, it's a lot easier to convince other people to allow you or to pay you to do it for them. I think that, you know, a lot of people, whether they're creative or not, have difficulty kind of visualizing certain things. Um, so, you know, seeing you previously being successful at this thing, whether it's a large scale piece uh, of whatever, you know, medium um, is super important for kind of building, you know, that client base and building that portfolio to continue to do that kind of work. Yeah, man. And I also too, I, I think like it's about the context. I always talk to people. One of my favorite things about the, what we work has done with neon is that the whole process takes a while. Is it, you know, when it starts out from a computer generated standpoint, but there's a great emphasis on like what the, what the place is and what you guys do from like a de ideation standpoint, like you're going back and forth. Like, is it like super fucking hard to be like, how do we bring this to life? It's vibrant. It's difficult to work with. It's glass. It could get broken. I mean, you know, like fix for instance, like Los Angeles, you guys did like the L and the A, which is kind of like, was it an experiment at first? Did they know they were going to keep pushing you on? Cause it's great. Like internationally there's spaces all over. Like, now we're in this hustle culture. It's cool to be an entrepreneur, but back in 2003, did the company take a chance on Neon or did it just like organically happen? Yeah, so so I've been there for five years now. Um, and, you know, at the time when I joined, they had already used Neon a few times. Um, you know, at, at the point when I joined, I think they had 20 or 25 locations um, already. Um, you know, they're still very small. And, you know, I think that for me, it was really exciting as a graphic designer to come to a place where like, you know, we were using materials and stuff that I hadn't ever used. Um, and with neon, you know, I, so I used to run this Instagram account and blog called street type. Um, and the whole thing was just me, you know, along my travels around New York or the world, just kind of documenting different um you know types of old signage and stuff like that so you know whether that's neon or old street signage or sign painting you know kind of the lost art so to speak um you know i kind of just loved looking at them from like a nostalgia point of view so it was really exciting for me to start a we work and you know be able to play around with a new medium and test its limitations and you know realize that when you put one up, sometimes somebody's going to bump into it and break it. And now you got to realize, you know, how to fix it. And, you know, you make a design and you work with the vendor and they say, Oh, we can't do it at this size because we have to bend glass and it just doesn't bend that small or it doesn't bend that way or cool color. We don't make that color or, you know, those kind of limitations and stuff. So I think that, um, it's just been really, awesome to experience, you know, this new medium and learn the ins and outs of it. And, you know, the only way to do that is to, to do it wrong, you know, a whole bunch of times and, and, and see kind of what, what its limitations are. Yeah. It's a cool opportunity. I think, especially when you dabble in something that's kind of fairly new, like interior art and graphic design, they kind of go well together. I didn't think that, you know, 
murals were connected, but they kind of are. There's like, when I look at the spaces, they all, you're kind of pulling in all different areas of design. You know, it could be a mural here, a painting here, and then the neon. I think, oh, you know, within that, how much, I guess, after looking at conversations with the team, are you able to kind of develop your own style? Because it looks like, is that the best part about your personal work? You get to kind of call the shots. It must be kind of um, tricky developing in a different space because there is limitations, but I bet you've learned a lot that you now have taken into like your mural work. Mural work. Can you kind of hit on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, the WeWork brand, just like any other company or brand, you know, there is a, a visual language to it, you know. Um, so there are certain things that I or other people on the team would, design that that aren't the right solution for that right you know you have to kind of take a lot of things into consideration whether it's messaging or subject matter and how are these things going to influence the member experience you know as well throughout their day um you know is it too bright is it too loud are we are we shouting with this illustration or with these words um and then also taking into consideration you know the outside of that one deliverable kind of the experience of the room or of the space and you know you're never going to want to put three neons on one wall but you might have this really long wall and kind of how do we work with different mediums to to balance out that experience visually for the people who are you know using this place to you know achieve their goals and their dreams and start their company and stuff like that because you want it to be empowering and not distracting um, you know, but you don't want it to be too overpowering to where people need to wear sunglasses inside. Right. So kind of learning, um, you know, working with the floor plate and working with the interior designers and stuff to really make sure that the art that you're putting in the space isn't just the best solution for you and your portfolio, but it's actually the best solution for the, for the members. Yeah, but it also too is that like I realize when I look at a lot of the uh, WeWork Neon, and it, re it it definitely has a, a function. Like there's this kind of fantasy function that goes on. As much as I'd love to say it's just about the neon artists, I think could learn a lot from that too. Like the the fundamental shift in office office experience where you now have you know things like neon included. And I think well, some artists that have on the show have seen that. You know, even in this corporate world, you know, the, you know, the, the idea of, you know, having not a, a, a strong dress culture, having to look a certain way or, you know, I think companies now ha have to stand out for, for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of competition now and it attracts a certain clientele. I kind of have you been able to kind of take your work elsewhere or is it kind of is there like kind of like a, a no fly zone when it comes to working where you're at now with WeWork? I mean, can you do other things? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I have passion projects and, you know, have my, my own practice and, and stuff as well. You know, I've been painting since I was, I don't know, whenever my mom put me in my first painting class at five or six or whatever. So, you know, this has been, um, you know, uh, a long journey for me that will kind of, you know, continue. And, um, you know, it's been awesome to kind of be a part of this really important time, I think, in in you know, workspaces and workplace strategy and kind of, you know, we're responsible for kind of the art end of that, but working with other people internally who, you know, maybe are on the interior side or the architecture side or, um, you know, kind of taking all these things in consideration. I mean, you know, I think, I think back to past jobs I've had where 
you know, I worked in a cubicle or, you know, the entire room is just different shades of tan or, you know, you're expected to dress a certain way and you can't wear hats or, you know, whatever it is. And um, I think it's a really exciting time where, you know, even companies outside of WeWork, you know, everybody's flirting with the idea of remote working or, you know, working from home or, you know, all these different things. And I think we're kind of in this period of like a revolution of just like, you know, people aren't happy. You're spending 40 plus hours a week in this place and you have companies doing some really cool stuff. And like, why would I stay at this job working in this stuffy office where I feel like I'm consistently being judged and um, depressed because I look at a tan wall all day, you know? Yeah. Right. And I think the typical U.S. office is like, you know, you got a, like a 200 square foot space per person. You're getting like 6 to 80 in a smaller WeWork environment. However, you've got these like stationed regions where you can kind of come in, get involved with other people. And I think the networking capabilities of being in those really cool spaces, because it's gotten some, kick, you know, some backlash. I mean, people can throw up their arms and say, oh, this is just some fancy space. But there's nothing you can really deny about, you know, when you consider the neighborhood and the community and this, I guess, just the speed of solutions, you know, around that. Like, I, I don't really want to be thinking about how to, you know, do all those things and have it all networked and have a space to invite clients. You just want to be able to just open the door and have it happen. And I think that's the idea behind that is like, you know, you're, you're taking all the the difficult idea of like, how do I create a, an environment to do good work in? I think obviously you can do work anywhere, but, you know, having the ability to just make yourself more consciously aware. I think there's been studies about that too. And I think that WeWork has done some studies too, where they'll not only look at the foot traffic, but analyze where people are at their desks more often than not. And uh, it's just interesting, like where we're at this point in time, like within work culture and yeah. how, yeah, I guess, Neon and its understanding how to get people excited about wanting to do work, you know, like it's, it can be exciting, weird time but you end up with these interesting places you know where i think old-fashioned neon now looks cutting edge i right. think it looks really nice in a work environment like you said it all depends on how it's put together and how many you know neon pieces you have and et cetera, et cetera. but um, yeah. and, I, and i think too like you know just all the different ways neon could be used i mean you know you look on instagram or you know influencers or Coachella or pop-up shops or whatever. And like, you know, everyone's got kind of a neon in front of like a, you know, a green wall or whatever. And it's usually some, some cursive that has messaging or whatever, but you know, you could use that to highlight architecture around elevator doors. You know, you could use it as wayfinding to kind of direct people to bathrooms, either in, you know, really obvious or, you know, um, more abstract ways. Like, there's so many ways that you could use that. And that not even just in workplace, but just, you know, anywhere. It, it's attention grabbing. It's, um, you know, beautiful. It's, you know, there's something about it too, just knowing that it's handmade um, and that, you know, there's not just some machine that kind of spits that stuff out. Like there's somebody somewhere bending that, you know, there's somebody making this, it's very delicate. Um, there's a lot of care and passion and stuff that goes into this art form. Um, and while you may not know all of that by looking at it, you know, there, there, you probably know some of it, right? There's a sense that kind of that, that exists when you see it. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I just think there's lots of different ways 
that you could use it. And it's really cool to see that people are, you know, exploring that in all different environments and spaces. Yeah. And then like you're like on your mural side, you've got, you've got like acrylic on canvas, but you're also doing like prints and then you've got like murals. It's great that you can kind of cross over in between. There's like a kind of a lyric lyricism, I think where I don't know if you have other like certain artists that you look up to or like look at, or you just kind of just doing your own thing. Sometimes I, I guess with your work that you're doing now, like your own personal work. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely artists that I look up to. There's artists, um, jealous of or I'm envious of I mean you know especially now in the world that we're in whether you know you're in an art gallery or you're on Pinterest or you're scrolling through an Instagram there's just like a constant flood and stream of content um, that you know you kind of got to sift through and you and your mind have to decide what to do with it you know whether positive or negative but I mean you know I tried to you know take that and follow the artists and stuff that I'm excited about the work they're creating or you know, I'm inspired by the work they're creating or, you know, even if it's something that maybe doesn't influence me directly creatively, just the fact that they're doing some weird shit or some really out there stuff, um, you know, by following them and kind of having that intake, you know, kind of pushes me in my work a little further as well. Mm -hmm. And also like you're, you seem motivated to want to do different projects too. Like your work that you did, the mural that you did in Detroit, right? You can talk about that a little bit. And then you've also done one recently at the affordable art fair. It's cool yeah. that you now have your work like in the spaces where artists are promoting their work too. Do they get a chance to, do you get a chance to connect with them? Cause I'm really big on like festivals and events. And I think murals translate exceptionally well. I mean, how did you, were you always thinking along those lines or you just end up doing stuff that were projects that were related to the kind of that environment? Yeah, so um, I don't know if it was 2016 or 17, but um, so Murals in the Market is uh, a, mar a mural festival um, in Eastern Market in Detroit. Um, and it's run by uh, this company called One Times Run or One X Run. And uh, they invited the WeWork in-house art team um, to come out and participate that um, a few years ago. And that was kind of my first exposure and experience with um a mural festival and it was i just had the time of my life i mean <clears throat> being there with your friends meeting other artists that you've looked up to for a while being able to you know grab dinner and hang out with them and you know do the events and you know there's music events at night and there's artist talks during the day and just being in that environment was really addicting to me um, and from that point on, I was just like, okay, I, I want to do more of these. Um, so over the last few years, I've done a few. I did one in San Antonio. I did Bright Walls um, in Jackson, Michigan. Um, I just finished one at U-Hill Walls down in Durham, North Carolina a few weeks ago. Um, and then, yeah, in September, I went back to Murals in the Market in Detroit um, and participated last year as a solo artist. Um, and that was a really fun you know, uh, experience. And I learned a lot. Um, I was like down to the wire in terms of finishing my mural before I had to go to the airport. Um, and you know, you just learn a lot about yourself and your style. And, you know, there was, um, an artist there who was using this kind of spray gun where it was actually house paint. Um, but it was hooked up to a generator and instead of using a brush, he was kind of spraying it. Um, 
And I had never done that before and the wall in particular that I was painting had these really deep grooves with, um, between the bricks. And I was up there for like four hours in the sun one day, just like jamming my paintbrush in these holes, trying to fill them. Um, and it was really tough. And he came by and he was like, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. Do you want to use this for a little bit? Um, and it was incredible. Uh, it just saved me so much time. And he sat there and helped me set it up and all that stuff. And it, it just changed my life. I bought one and I have it for the next time. I have some surface like that um, to kind of, you know, use. I'm just like ready to go. Um, and that artist, his name is Kevin Lido. He's uh, based in Montreal. He does some incredible, like really, really large scale work, like a hundred foot tall murals on the side of like, 15 story buildings like incredible but um you know he has to cover a lot more space in the work that he does so just being around people and learning you know their techniques and tools and stuff like that and you know kind of adapting your own craft to that is uh, a really cool part of you know the mural festival experiences and then interacting with the local communities and stuff too you know you're painting a mural someone comes by taps you on the shoulder and you know they're asking you questions about it or where you're from or what's it supposed to be or whatever. And just um, being a part of all of that in a new city um, is just, just really badass. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I like that. I mean, and also too, is like, you're, you're up there, you're doing your thing. You're like, shit, there's gotta be a better way to knock this out. I really love the point that you drove home about, you know, make sure you tell people about what you do. And I think a lot of artists are just have a hard time, maybe that verbalizing all of that, but you don't have to be the best spokesperson, especially when you, you talk over your work, just let the work do what you're doing. At least put yourself in a position to, uh, I guess, value the production of what you're doing, but also make the people, you know, ha have, have the awareness or the impact that you're looking for. You got to go to the places where people are. And I think that those events, particularly the ones that you're going to show at, or just maybe there's a different type of way of doing it. Maybe just go out there and you uh, see people and, you know, have strike up a conversation if you see something that you like, because you were just talking about, hey, I, I overestimated the, you know, how much time I, I needed to do this or underestimated. Like what is, you know, my performance really is not where I want it to be. Let me just sort of dig in my, my, what I know. And I think those times are really, I think that's the best, you know, place you can be is that you're engaging with other people to help build your art up. And a lot of artists take the approach that, well, they're like, they're a competitor, so I can't get down with them or, you know, if I only did this by myself, I'm the one who does it all. I think that, you know, you're kind of stuck, you know, especially in those places where you really need help. You know, the first time you kind of strike, you're like, oh, I, I don't have the ability to do this or that. Like, I, I need to kind of survive somehow. And I think that's really where those events can, I guess, people pull people out of the weeds. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, as an artist, I mean, maybe not, but I, I tend to be a little more introverted. And, you know, it's a, it's usually you could collaborate and stuff like that, and which I do, but it's, it's a solo craft, like you spend a lot of time alone, whether you're painting or drawing or whatever. And um, I think those events are challenging, too, because you, you get, you know, a bunch of people like that together. And, um, you know, you really kind of grow as a person, too. And, become more social and you're you're willing to kind of see things from another perspective or be more open-minded if somebody's trying to give you a tip or whatever and um yeah it's just a really cool environment to be a part of and you know talking about things like the affordable art fair um 
or actually it was is for uh for the other art fair um but you know just being at places like that where you know there's galleries set up or there's artists and maybe you know some of these artists or they're friends of friends or or somebody you follow on instagram and um you know being able to share your work with them and have them share your work with you and build these relationships you know that could last a week or could last years um is just you know a cool experience as well yeah and also too is like i really think that you know the mural work works really well like it's an outdoor environment too so maybe figuring out like what that thing is it doesn't have to be maybe painting but you know it could follow along the lines like you said it's just finding a new way into kind of what you already do and kind of reimagining that and i think that's what's great about design is that it lends itself so well to so many different things like you'd be doing neon but then the next second be thinking about how to do like maybe some sort of like layout mural situation so is there anything coming up that you're like super stoked about that you're like man i can't wait to get on top of this or you kind of like just floating new ideas around yeah um there's a few things in the work right now um i'm actually working on a new painting series that i'm hoping to kind of launch at the end of the month um i work with this company called uprise um and we're going to be putting out some new paintings together um so i'm really excited for that um and then i'm doing some work uh for this uh the infatuation uh they have a food festival in los angeles every may um so i'm going to be out there doing some installation and mural work with them um which is always fun i've done it the last two years and I mean, you know, LA weather, you can't really beat it. So painting outside in Los Angeles in May um, with your friends is just, you know, incredible. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to those. And, you know, too, in, in any downtime, I just kind of try to push my own practice, right? So maybe there's not projects coming in or some fell through or whatever. And, you know, I kind of take that time to you know, how can I push my practice, right? You don't want every mural to look the same or you don't want your neons to look like your murals or you don't want, you know, your graphic design work to represent exactly what you're doing with your paintings and stuff. So, um, you know, continuing to push yourself and, and learn that by trying new things, even if that's something um, you don't end up liking or wanting to pursue, at least doing it brought you there, right? Like when I was doing... UI UX work. I took a class at General Assembly that was like a heavy UX course and it was great and the teacher was great and it was fun. And then I walked down the last day and I was like, I'm glad I took that because I never want to do that again. Um, and, you know, you just got to keep pushing yourself and trying new stuff to find what you do like, you know, through what you don't like. Yeah, really. I love what you just said there. And I really appreciate your work about like just how how many different flavors you can come up with you know like very baskin robbins you're just not afraid to go in there and dig in and just get you know what you want out of it um people can find you on social too right you're on instagram you want to drop your handle as well yeah uh joe underscore geis uh, g-e-i-s um and yeah instagram's all i got so let's be friends on there awesome man. thanks joe appreciate yeah, it Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. We have a lot of great neon guests coming up. And as always, thanks for listening.